Today I'm going to be preaching on this Eve Sunday of uh, Commitment Sunday from the book of Malachi, the third chapter, and we're going to be continuing in this series, Meant for More, and today I'm going to be talking about the Judeo-Christian principle of tithing. So everybody take a deep breath. Oh, feels better. You know, this morning as I was getting ready for the 815 service, I looked and there was a visitor on the second row, and it was my accountant of 30 years from Houston. Now, I don't know that I've ever preached with my accountant in the room, especially on tithing, but uh, it, was, uh, it was quite a funny uh, uh, recognition for me. You know, one of the richest men in the United States is Warren Buffett who probably is the most famous investor of modern times. He said that in his experience, the high-ranking insiders and corporate leaders who do the best job in running their companies are those who invest heavily in their own company's stock. He said that the higher up you go on the corporate ladder, the more you ought to have skin in the game. Now, Buffett shares a business concept, right? And I have no doubt that what he says is true. I mean, he is an expert in that way. The importance of so-called skin in the game is, is no doubt a principle uh, that leads to success. And to some degree, even in a church, we ought to say that it's important for us as church members to have skin in the game. We know what that means. But beyond um, this giving concept or having skin in the game, what we're going to learn this morning from Malachi, that it's really meant to be more related to who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ or followers of Jesus Christ. You know, the sermon series that we're in, Meant for More, is intended to be a sermon series on discipleship. The six weeks that we're spending around this theme, Meant for More, is meant to examine particular aspects of discipleship. And today we're dealing with that aspect of giving. But we're wanting to look at giving in a little different way. Just like last Sunday, we went from what does it mean to be a faith of me to a faith of we. Today we're talking about what does it mean to be a person who is giving to a person um, who is really returning. Now, Jesus also addressed how we handle possessions, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. It's all about how we respond to God's clear direction in Scripture related to biblical mandates. And today, we're looking at that mandate from giving to actually returning to God, what is God's. The Meant for More stewardship campaign that we've been into has been uplifting some of the things our giving has done, good things that our giving has done to make an impact on the lives of people just last year or the lives of people in the past as Kara has shared with us about how this church has made a difference in her life. This year, we'll again, next Sunday, fill out commitment cards, and some will be filling them out after that, all to show what we plan to give next year, which is a good thing. But of course, we understand our giving as being about God's work 
and also about an understanding of our discipleship. The passage from Malachi is all about why we give or the purpose of the tithe, what it means to bring into God's storehouse our monetary possessions. Tithing is more than giving. Tithing is about returning. The matter of returning what is God's is ultimately underlying all of our understanding of stewardship. Now I want to say this morning that that giving is good. Don't hear me say this morning that giving is not good. Giving is good. And giving can also be generosity, but it's meant for more. You know, you may give to support the ministry of this church, the outreach of this church. You may even give to support a particular heartburst ministry that you want to designate gifts to. All of that is important. You may even from time to time give to alleviate hunger or disease or poverty or to help a child in a a needy situation. And you may even give to uh, organizations or ministries beyond the church, which is also good. These reasons are all admirable. But we as disciples of Jesus Christ are meant for a different understanding. We're meant to have a different kind of knowledge about why we give, why we give to God. And this giving is an action to understand the action of our returning to God. You know, before we read the text this morning from Malachi, I want to say that two of the most unpopular prophets in all of the Bible are Jeremiah and Malachi. And perhaps uh, after we read the text today, you might get a little hint as to why Malachi was unpopular. But both of these prophets challenged a nation that had gotten far away from God's teaching and God's statutes. So particularly to to, uh, Malachi's point is he was not so much as preaching as he was raising questions and answering those questions related to what he believed God's Word was instructing. And so if we're turned now to Malachi, the third chapter, beginning with the sixth verse, I'm going to ask us to stand for the reading of God's Word. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will anybody rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you, God? In your tithes and your offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And thus, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you 
and poured down for you as overflowing blessing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Before we give, we are challenged by Malachi to return to God. And returning in this first meaning that Malachi is uplifting is returning as in coming back. Coming back to God. Returning to God in that way. He says, ever since the days of your ancestors, you've turned from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how will I return? You know, if we struggle with our giving to God, what is instructed by God to give, then we might also be struggling with our living for God in the way the Bible instructs us to live for God. You know, we only have one thing that God wants us to return, really, and it's not our money, ultimately. The thing that God wants us to return to Him is our hearts. What, what Malachi is saying to us today is that the most important aspect of your relationship with God is your heart, your love for God, your commitment to God. Jesus even quoted Scripture when asked, what is the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? And in essence, Jesus said this. We have to get our hearts right with God. First things first. We have to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But before we can ever love our neighbors as ourselves, which is what stewardship's about, we have to have our hearts right. We have to love God with all that we have. And likewise, Jesus said, God doesn't, have, God doesn't have your money if he doesn't have your heart. Your heart is the most important thing. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, For where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So your heart and your giving are all connected. But what Malachi knew was the most important for the people in his day and the people in this day and the people called Lover's Lane is that we have our hearts aligned in love of God. You know, I like a story uh, that I read this week about a careless Scot who was in a worship service such as this. The ushers came down the aisle, started passing the offering uh, plates, and he put in a silver crown coin, which he meant to be putting in a penny, but by mistake, he put in the big one. And when he saw that he'd made this mistake, he simply asked the usher if he could have his silver crown coin back from the offering plate. The usher refused. And so the old Scot grunted, Oh, Will, oh, Will, I'll get credit for it when I'm in heaven. The usher quickly responded, No, no, reported the usher. You'll get credit in heaven for the penny. 
You see, that usher saw one thing in that man. His heart wasn't in the right place. His heart was in the place of putting in the tip of the penny and instead made the mistake and wanted it back. The usher called him out. And contrary to the old saying of put your money where your mouth is, what Malachi is saying, put your money where your heart is and return to God with your heart, with your love, with your commitment. Let God be first in all that you do. Malachi also encourages us to return to God and to make our love for God the main thing. And then he also anticipates us having a question about that. Well, how do we do it? How do we return to God? And the answer to the question Malachi also provides. He could have said, well, you return to God through your prayer, prayer and your fasting, through the spiritual disciplines of the church. If you'll center on prayer and fasting, then you can return to God. But Malachi didn't say that. He could have said that you could meditate on God's Word. And you can read the Bible and you can be a student of God's Word. And that's how you return to God. And all of that is good. But that's not, that's not what Malachi said. He could have said that you give your alms to the poor as was the tradition on your way to the temple. Make sure that you take care of the poor and needy who are there begging for alms. But Malachi didn't say that. These are all good actions. These are all good disciplines. But what Malachi instructed in a straightforward way by saying you're robbing God, he said you return to God through the tithe. Now, the tithe is an instructed action that gets at the central truth that what we have has all been given by God. And the tithe is that portion, that 10% that we return to God. So in this sense, a returning to God is not by, about us going back to God, but a returning to God is about us giving God what we owe God. Giving God what we've borrowed, in essence. Returning that portion to God. So tithing was simpler in, my, in Malachi's day, wasn't it? I mean, in an agrarian culture, the tithe was quite straightforward. If you were a grain farmer, then at the end of your harvest season and you had all of your grain, you divided your grain into ten parts. And the first part, you returned to God as your tithe. You took it to the temple storehouse where the grains and, and, and all of the, the goods that were to be used to take care of the poor and the needy and the widows and the orphans, that's where you took it. If, if you had ten cattle that you had acquired, then one of those would be given as a tithe. If you sold goods for ten pieces of silver, one of those pieces of silver would be returned as a tithe. Now, now I realize this morning that I'm talking to a group of Methodists who haven't all learned how to tithe, and that's okay too. But we need to know that it is God's instruction to us to get to that place where we understand what we have and a percentage of that 
going back to God. Now, if you're not to that place that tithing is something you practice, I want to encourage you to take an, a baby step, if you will, or to take the next step toward that tithe or percentage giving. This is something that Tammy and I were taught early on in our ministry by a, a very wise pastor who told us, well, if you're not at that place of 10%, which we weren't, then you can get there by allocating a percentage and growing that percentage each year. So I'd say to anyone who is looking toward being in line with the tithe, to see what you're currently giving. Is that 1% of your income or 2% or 3 or whatever it is? Then when you make your commitment, make your commitment to, to commit one more percent or two more percent than you committed last year. And in time, you can pray to that point that your giving aligns with the teaching of the tithe. Now be clear about this. Percentage giving is not a tithe. But percentage giving is the way toward a tithe. Some people even give more than a tithe. It's still a tithe, but it's a tithe plus. What we need to realize is that God does honor our giving. And God wants us to look at what we have and what we're blessed with. And not returning 100% or 90%, but 10% of all that God has given to us, we return to God. Now the classic question that we preachers have heard over the years in a culture that is not an agrarian culture, right, is, well, how do we figure our income? Is that before taxes or after taxes? Now, I have, through the years, had these conversations, and I've said, well, you know, the important thing is that you're making a commitment to percentage giving, and you're thinking in terms of that tithe and percentage giving. And I've even said, well, you know, I don't care how you do it, before or after taxes, that's really between you and God, and it is. But I heard just this week something that's put a little different light on this for me, and maybe you'll find this enlightening to you. This writer said, suppose that God changed up the plan, and instead of getting a 10%, God was going to give us a 10% increase on our income. I mean, for next year, God is just going to return 10% to us based on our income. And the author said, would you turn in your income before taxes or after taxes? <laughs> and then he followed up by saying, we need to realize that we need to be as fair with God as God is fair with us. Perhaps you've seen that bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus. Have you seen that one through the years? I saw one this week, thank you for my sermon, that said, honk if you tithe. Uh, anybody can honk your horn. <laughs> tithe if you love Jesus. You know, the practice of tithing is based on the foundational understanding that God has given us everything that we have. And the tithe is returning only a tenth back to God because that is all that God asks for.
What we have made, how much we accumulate, is because God has given us everything. You know, there's some of us who might say, well, you know, I've made a lot of this on my own. Or I've got particular gifts and skills, and I've done pretty well with what I've been given, and all of that may be true. But when we acknowledge as people of faith that all that we have, who we are, is a gift from God. And, and, and how God has, has led and guided us and directed us, and perhaps that's led to greater wealth for us. But it all came from God. And when we have that understanding that all of the blessings that we have are blessings that ultimately originated with God, it changes the way that we look at who we are and what we have. You know, I'm reminded of the story of, that Jesus tells of the ten talents, you know? Um, that the, the person who's given that one, uh, that five talent piece and the person who's given the three talent piece and the person who's given the, the one talent. And how the person who's given five talents and the three talents, how they, they work to increase that because they, want, they know the master's coming back and they want to be able to give more back to the master than the master had given to them. And then there was that one servant who dug the hole and put the talent in the hole because he'd heard that the master was a, a tough master and that he didn't want the master to come back and find that he'd lost that talent. So he dug the hole and buried it. And when the master comes back, the master doesn't want the talents back. But he sees what the servants have done with the talents. And he has praised those who have increased their talents by sharing those talents. And to the one who dug the hole, he shared that talent with the rest. You know, how we use our talents is very important. But even more important is to recognize that the talents came from the master. You know, if you're here today and you're struggling financially, you, you may be here and you're kind of over your head. You're kind of extended. And, and you didn't want to hear a sermon on money. I hope that you have heard these teachings as teachings of a way to get your financial house in order. Maybe you're here and you have a lot of money, or you're at least comfortable. And, and, and maybe you deal with greed, or maybe materialism, or something related to money that won't quite move you to that place where you give your whole heart to God. The way God deals with money is not by increasing our income, but, but by increasing our outgo. And God says that when we increase our outgo, when we return to God with our heart, and we return to God, what is God's? Through the tithe. Then everything starts coming together in order. Our priorities regarding money are usually to spend, to save, and to give. What God wants us to see is the importance of our giving as returning and saving and spending in a reverse 
order of priority. The key, Malachi would say, to managing money is letting God master your money. And when God masters your money, God flips our priorities, turns them upside down. And in doing so, gives us that understanding of being in line with God's way and everything seems to come together. God says, if you'll do these things, then I will pour my blessings on you from the windows of heaven. Not that we do these things for those blessings, but God knows full well that when we align our hearts with Him and with His principles, then things that we turn over to God, namely our finances, all fall in line. They get better. They even get good, maybe even great, as we grow in our understanding of what it means to return to God. Give God what God wants, not with the understanding that God needs it, because God doesn't. But God wants for you and for me to be whole, spiritually grounded and healthy and happy in our love of God with our whole heart, enabling us to love our neighbor as Jesus loved us. Amen.